Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hello, welcome to episode 58 of Broken Records, the solo podcast from the Right Act Network, which is the alternative music podcast that I do, me, Stephen Hill, alongside Renfrey Deadman, who's also joining me. Hello, Renfrey. Hello, How me. are you? Uh, I'm all right. How are you doing, Steve? All right, thanks, mate. All right. Um, live long and prosper. <laughs> Hey? Oh, I knew you were going to annoy people with this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nanu, nanu, everyone. This is going to be a good one. Um, so this is the podcast where we search for the worst album ever made in the history of music. As I said, this is episode 58, which means there are 57 albums already in our list of the worst albums ever made. Um, all of those albums have been selected not just because we don't like them. It's because of a variety of reasons, isn't it, Renfrey? Would yes. you like to go through those reasons? Because it's usually me, so I thought I'd let oh, you do it. Oh, crap. Um, it's, it, it could be down to the bands themselves not liking it. It could be down to critical um, uh, appraisal. It could mm-hmm. be down to... You, you usually have this written down in front of you. Will I do have got it written down in front of me now. I just thought yeah, we'd change it up a little bit. I thought nah, you'd know God. by now. It's not as good, is it? Um, I'll never do that is... again. Fan standing, <laughs> critical reaction, your suggestion, the reputation of the record... At this point as well, Amazon reviews can get, <laughs> can get an album. We get into the Amazon reviews of this. Some fucking corking reasons why you'd give this five stars, to be honest. We are talking this week about Star Wars Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album. The only album, I believe, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe of original material from the Star Wars universe, which does not appear in any Star Wars films. Released in right. November 1980. So I've tippy-toed around that as much as possible. It's obviously, you know, the Star Wars original theme music, you know. Yeah. Star Wars, whole lot of fun. Prizes <laughs> to be won. That's Star Wars, isn't it? Um, that music obviously counts as... Uh, is that it? That's it, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Don't you open those Star Wars. Because <laughs> there's something down there. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And um, we should have a prize. <laughs> Trapdoor and Funhouse I've used there, should... by the way, everyone. If you're my to... age, you find that really funny. <laughs> if you don't, you're like, what is he doing? But if that is that is for the people that like that. God, you love it, don't you? You, you must love that. If you don't understand those jokes, you're young. Um... Yeah, fucking young idiot. Go yeah. away. This is not for you. Um, well, it, it can be for you. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, quite good. But yes, the orig- original Star Wars material... You listen to the streets, etc., uh, etc., et and um, yes, obviously the Star Wars John Williams music. Mm-hmm. We're not counting that. That's obviously that is original material. But yep. the stuff that we're about to talk about didn't feature in any Star Wars films, I don't believe. Which is such a mad, shame. isn't it? Such a shame. <laughs> like, what a mad thing! Why are they not using these songs? It's insanity. Yeah, I George really, Lucas. I really would have liked the um, the first fight between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker to be soundtracked by "We Wish You a Merry Christmas." Um, Sung by R2-D2, R2-D2, I believe. Not uh, sung by R2-D2. We're t- don't spoil it, that's sung by. 
because we haven't even done the flop 20 yet. So before we get into this week's record, we're going to talk about the flop 20, which is the 20 worst albums that we have thus far in our countdown, starting with Theory of a Dead Man's The Truth Is, followed by Slick Dogs and Ponies by Louis XIV, The Cosmos Rocks by Queen and Paul Rogers, Richard Ashcroft's United Nations of Sound, Mr. Blobby, The Album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by The Beatles. Not really the original soundtrack to the movie. It's not the Beatles. That would annoy people as well, wouldn't it? Uh, Eog and Quig by Owen Quig. Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2. Blood, Sweat and Towers by The Towers of London. Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. Cut the Crap by The Clash. Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman. Philosophy of the World by The Shags. Total Zanarchy by Little Zan. Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor. Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem. The True Symphonic Rockestra with the Concerto and True Minor, Uncle Cracker with Double Wide, Crazy Hits by the Crazy Frog, and still number one, Broken Side, I'm not a fan, but the kids like it, and Unranked, by the way, we should say, Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses, because we didn't know where to put it, so I'm going to kind of just mention that most of the time. Um, But uh, let's talk about Star Wars Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album. Um, So... Not many of you will know this, but there's actually a film uh, of Star Wars. It's not just an album, it's a film as well. So it's sort of like a big advert for toys, isn't it? That's what Star Wars is, essentially. Um, Not my words, Renfrey. Not my words. George Lucas thinks that. That's what George Lucas thinks, doesn't he? I can believe George Lucas thinks that. Yeah, yeah, I can believe that, Mm -hmm. most definitely. Yeah. Uh, do you like we sort of touched on this a little bit last week do you like Star Wars I love Star Wars I grew up Mm -hmm. with Star Wars I grew up with the original trilogy like a lot of people Um, my kind of age those first three films uh, are very important to me the original trilogy Uh, obviously there's been a whole bunch of stuff you know especially since Disney took over um it's been expanded into all sorts of things there's been all all sorts of offshoots and other films and stuff some of which i have quite liked some of which not so much um i think the mandalorian tv series that disney have done is absolutely fantastic but generally when star wars is done well and it's it's done right in my estimations i absolutely adore it yes i love star wars i think it's great You're ambivalent, aren't you, Steve? I am a bit. Well, growing up, I'm the same. I'm obviously a little bit older than you. So, you know, I got, uh, I think I got Return of the Jedi um, when it came out of the cinema. I don't think, I I didn't watch it at the cinema, but I did get it on video when it was first released on video. So I'm kind of old enough to remember that first coming out, sort of. Um, More of an Indiana Jones man, more Mm -hmm. of a Back to the Future man. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of films that took Star Wars and... The, the, I, I always liked it. It was one of those ones that I would watch on video. But to me, Flight of the Navigator is better. Lost Boys is better. <laughs> Short Circuit is not better. Um, no. But but there are but there are some Gremlins is better. You know, if you took Labyrinth is better. There's loads of films that I would probably have had above Star Wars in my oh my god, aren't 80s films great? Okay. Um, okay. And Star Wars is is obviously it was 1977, so it's not even an mm-hmm. 80s film, but. Yeah, I, I, I would probably take Flash Gordon over Star Wars. Crikey. Because um, it's a silly camp load of old, you know, tomfoolery, which I kind of prefer. Um, it's like Flash Gordon's really silly. There's a weird thing with Star Wars where it takes itself ever so slightly too seriously, I think. Mm-hmm. I can. I think um, that's a criticism that absolutely could be leveled at it, yep. yep. Um, 
and you know but but it changed the landscape of cinema forever absolutely now we're too young to know this but we're sort of still seeing the effects of star wars as a film today because um renfrey and i don't know any different than the summer blockbuster exactly. we don't know that yeah. but prior to star wars that's not really how hollywood used to operate and i think star wars has um absolutely changed the way that still to this day has changed the way that you know cinema and movies um operate and it's a perfectly good film star wars i think and empire strikes back is probably better yes and return of the jedi is i actually prefer return i think star wars a new hope is the worst one i think return return of the jedi is what i think it should be which is a load of dancing stupid shit because if you're like (laughs) looking into looking at star wars and being like oh this defines me as a person then i mean come on mate come on come on you can't think that it's a it's a kid's film. it's for toys it's about it's about toys don't look at he-man and go oh i live my life by the the fucking the the mythos of he-man it'd be mad oh, some people do i would imagine i don't know really it's probably yeah, not. the fact that you've just gone I've, i am i imagine you've had, <laughs> you've had to invent and imagine that just to kind of back up your absolutely <laughs> just completely unthought through opinion on something yes that's true uh so yeah. you we wouldn't see you at a star wars convention or anything like that that would be no. hell for you i don't think it would be hell but i would find it like i, I mean I, i'd take it over star trek that's okay. for sure those okay. people are weird i mean that's not even good is it star trek it's not even good <laughs> i don't want to insult everyone uh who <laughs> likes Look, anything not, not every who likes it there's not two types of people in this world people who like star trek and people who like star wars and I then think, there's no one else i think to a lot of nerds there are only two people in this world people who like star trek and people who like star wars I, I, but that's not that's not true though is it it's not that's not the reality of the world well, i didn't say i don't mind star reality. trek i don't want to watch star trek at all but i will watch star wars and be okay. like oh yeah yeah okay. i've seen the last two films the mm. Force Awakens and the one after that, which I thought was all the one with Luke Skywalker. That was the last. He Jedi. dies. He dies at the end. <laughs> that was the last Jedi and uh, Rise of. I mean, Rise if you haven't seen Skywalker. it by now, yeah, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, don't be like, oh god, no spoiler. Like, if you haven't seen it by now and you're interested in it, you probably you will have seen it by now. Right? I I would hope so, but uh, we'll 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 see. We'll, we'll find see out, won't we? Find out. Get an angry email. Um, it was so successful so was star wars in 1977 and it changed the fabric of the music industry so much that only a year later it got its own holiday special which was aired on the 17th of november seems a bit early but we should remember that holiday in america might mean thanksgiving yes i should remember that shouldn't i mm-hmm. should yeah um might be thanksgiving 1978 just a year after Star Wars was released, it came out on the CBS network. Apparently, George Lucas originally, the plan for the Star Wars holiday special was going to be a film just about Wookiees. Just Wookiees. That would have been good, wouldn't it? That would have been brilliant. Anyway, it's on YouTube, and it's lucky it's on YouTube, because here at Broken Records, Renfrey and I are very anal about the research that we go into. with it. We don't just want this to be us coming in and going, we listen to this record, and it's shit. And that's the end of it. And we're not going to have any kind of contextual things around it. So Renfrey 
very helpfully as soon as it came out of the hat and we stopped recording last week's episode on Lenny Kravitz Renfrey said ah look the uh this is the soundtrack to a Star Wars holiday special which you must now watch it's over 90 minutes long it's a full length feature film in itself it's on youtube because you know we have to watch that really don't we because especially after the sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band movie which we which we watched mm. it was imperative we thought that we sit down and watch the star wars holiday special um to coincide with the star wars christmas in the stars album that we're about to talk about so it's on youtube and i got about 75 minutes into it, Renfrew. I mean, I should say, like, at the opening of it, the iconic music comes on the... Da, 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 da. And then a voiceover man goes, it's the Star Wars Holiday Special. That guy. Yeah, before that guy. introduced Before introducing the cast who do a, oh, hey, it's me. I'm a fun guy. Like, point at the camera. Yeah. Happy days style. Don't think Harrison Ford was particularly chuffed about doing that, was he? No. Like... <laughs> You know, it's I, I love R two D two as R two D two as himself, um, and R two D two obviously can't pull a funny face. Uh, Chewbacca's family are in it, like get introduced at the start, like something from the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fucking terrifying Chewbacca's family. Yeah, and then it and then it says it, you get shaken out of it even more. By going, Star Wars Holiday Special, sponsored by General Motors. And it's like, all right, cheers for just dropping us out of the galaxy, lads. I mean, did General Motors make the fucking X-Wing? Is that what they're sort of insinuating? It's it's, it's rubbish. Um, And as I suspected, listening to four Wookiees just talking, um, as they do for the first 15 minutes of this film... um, I don't know what's going on. I was watching, I was like, I don't know what's going on here at all. No, I, I mean, don't know. if there are any uninitiated out there, and I, I can't imagine there are when it comes to Star Wars, but um, uh, the wikis don't speak in English and there are no subtitles for it. So <gasps> there's just, there's just a lot of... Yeah, but it's like yes, going to watch um, Motley Crue, but for Vince Nils. <laughs> Yeah, it is painful to watch. Yeah. Um, so you, you get fifteen minutes of Wookies just sort of hanging around in their house, going Aah! at each other, Aah! and, and the, then the elder, the elder Wookie, just the, the way that the elder Wookie looks—that is the stuff of nightmares for me. I mean, mm. there's something really quite. These are meant to be cute, cuddly, furry things and the he's got gr- an un- he's got an underbite he's got he, well that's he's not got an underbite that's not specifically what scares me i don't want to put off people is with it underbites not? as well no well it's lots of no things. no no. but his under but that is what his jaw juts out a million miles he looks like a zig and zag or something it's... he's like an early sort of terrifying <laughs> zig and zag prototype <laughs> yeah fucking awful it is very it's it, that yeah. would have given me nightmares i'm absolutely yeah. certain of it so yeah yeah, so it's well about then. 15 minutes before Mark, Mark Hamill turns up as uh, Luke Skywalker. And I'll tell you what, Mark Hamill, he's been on the, hasn't he? He's been on the snifter, hasn't he? He's, uh, <laughs> Mark Hamill. saying these things? Right. Because he's, he's had a glow up. He's had what the kids call a glow up. In a year since um, Star Wars has come out, Mark Hamill now weighs about as much as Freddie Mercury like the week before he died. He is 
thin as fuck and they've put so much makeup on him presumably so to cover on him. to cover up the fact that he has just been going fuck me i'm a movie star give me all the drugs give me all the fucking drugs give me those drugs we can't corroborate whether mark hamill was taking no. those of drugs around that time or not um, I, I think it's i think it's fairly common knowledge that he was uh, okay all right cool isn't it i mean i don't know I, I i was led to believe that i mean him and carrie fisher particularly went Hey, we're fucking superstars now. Let's go mad and add a bit of a like. Let's go mad, and you can see it in Mark Hamill. The fact that his eyes are the size of like <laughs> Mr. Burns when he that everyone thinks he's an alien in the Simpsons. <laughs> he, he's orange, which is not a natural tan. Yeah, um, well, that's down to the makeup, though, isn't it? Yeah, the, the makeup is, neck, is atrocious. It's atrocious. His neck is about as wide as a small pencil, and <laughs> and he's fucking chewing the scenery up like fuck i was like wow mark hamill he's on it he's fucking on it he's he's getting involved okay um anyway um should we just skip to the end of this bit because basically that the 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 star wars holiday special has a reputation of being terrible and i've watched a few things i've read up a lot of things about it and it it is fucking it's fucking terrible it's It's fucking it's not like sergeant peppers oh my god this is hilarious it's so bad it's hilarious it's not funny it's not entertaining it's just it's just painful to get through and it took me 70 odd minutes before i went there's nothing from the album that we're covering on this week's show in this special and then i was like hold on the album came out in 1980 this came out in 1978 this is called christmas in the stars this is called the star wars holiday special so they've literally got Nothing to do with the album that we're talking about today. Absolutely zero to do, other than the fact that it's Star Wars. Mm. It's got nothing to do with it, Renfrey. Yeah, I'm really sorry. That's on you, isn't it? That's on you, isn't it? I stayed up till one in the morning on Friday (laughs) watching this. Like a fucking idiot. When I was 16, I accidentally answered the wrong question on my English language GCSE paper. Yeah still got a c plus because i was that good at english <laughs> from only only able to get 50 percent. so there's two they're they like answer two questions and it was either this one and this one or that one and that one and i answered two i answered the two like this one or this one i answered the two not the or i i answered the two the same question basically right okay so i was only eligible so i basically didn't so you could only I, I, have didn't, 50%. I didn't take half of my exam Mm -hmm. and that was uh, like quite disappointing when i found that out and i suppose it'd be an english language i suppose i I really should have read that part of the instructions reading um but i was less disappointed with myself (laughs) having done that (laughs) than i am having stayed up till one in the morning watching this fucking piece of shit for no reason (laughs) okay look um you're disappointed in me I get it, uh, and I apologise. Yeah. I apologise profusely. Um, as soon as this came out of the hat, I mean, I saw that it was on the hat, and I did just make a bit of an assumption because, obviously, as you just said, the Star Wars Holiday Special is infamous for being one of the most crappy things, non-canon kind of. I, I mean, they've wanted to hide the people by, uh, who made Star Wars have wanted to hide the holiday special for years. It's only ever been screened on TV once. And that was in November, 1978. And I just, because of the infamy of, um, 
this uh, of this Star Wars holiday special, which, out of a morbid kind of curiosity, I have always sort of wanted to see anyway. Mm. Now, let me say, I'm sure a bunch of you out there have heard of this Star Wars holiday special. If you do have a morbid curiosity to watch it, I just wouldn't bother. <laughs> because no. as Steve has just pointed out, it's not so bad... I'm not even going to say it's so bad it's good, but it's not so bad that it's funny, like the Sergeant Pepper's film that we saw, I don't know, sometime last year or maybe earlier this year. Um, it's just it's just a god-awful idea. And there are so many... It's basically a variety performance. The company who put it together were specialised in doing variety shows for Saturday night television and stuff like that. So it's that, but dressed up in Star Wars cosplay. Yeah, Yeah, in Wookiee costumes and... George Lucas apparently fucked off halfway through to go and make start pre-production on um, The Empire Strikes Back. So it wasn't even there to, like, sort it out. No, I don't think he really had an awful lot to do with it at all, but because of what Star Wars has kind of become and, you know, it's now seen as, like, an incredibly embarrassing thing. Yeah, And, yes, I just blindly assumed that this was the soundtrack to that and I said, we should watch that because that will mine some absolutely fantastic comic gold. I mean, we could do a bonus on that entire thing on that entire (laughs) no absolutely not no it is fucking appalling though Um, i wouldn't know what to say other than why have i watched this yeah there's a there's a lot of uh uh there's a lot of sketches involved with very unfunny there's a comedian i don't know who that guy is he's the comedian and there's a bit where one of the golden girls just turns up and she's like working behind the bar in the in, in the, in the, Mos, the cantina uh and the moss eisley cantina yeah yeah absolutely bizarre and then she sings a song to the star wars theme <laughs> it's fucking mental it's so stupid um it, it's just awful but i think as a primer for mm. this album and a, as a primer for you know because star wars was this new thing this this summer blockbuster you know there will be a few people who are going jaws was the first summer blockbuster but you know i think star wars was the first one to really like be be you know having people co- go back to the cinema to watch it second three four five we'll six times minute, yeah. blah 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 um i i i i think because it was a new kind of thing a lot of people were just scrabbling around trying to find out ways to uh, make more money from it and make spin-offs from it's, it and things like it's that. It's milking that cash cow. Yes, exactly. That's what it's about. And I think you looked at it and I was like, okay, so within a year, people started milking this cash cow. And um, I, I just as know, a quick example, the next James Bond film was going to be for your eyes only. But mm-hmm. after the success of Star Wars, they made it moonraker instead which is another film we could probably do a podcast about um, i like moonraker it's it's funny and camp i mean it's certainly mm. better than the star wars holiday special it's it's fucking citizen kane compared to the star wars holiday special moonraker um but yeah you know like a- a- everyone was so obsessed suddenly with uh sci-fi projects and starry projects and blah 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 mm. uh just just because of the impact that star wars had had Moonraker. <laughs> He's the man, the man who rakes on the moon. <laughs> oh, such a 
Boone. Let's take it. Let's move on. Uh, so anyway, yes, there was quite a lot of quite a lot of money that could be made from Star Wars. Hence why, on the eighteenth of September, nineteen eighty, a memo was circulated around Lucasfilm with a series of suggestions for what could be turned into a Star Wars themed Christmas album. Nine days later, nine days later, (laughs) nine days after that memo was circulated around Lucasfilm, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO, was flying in to record his vocals on that record. Nine days, Renfrey. Nine fucking days. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's not even like, let's milk this, but keep the quality high. <laughs> no, 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 no. But why and how did the people at Lucasfilm think that a Star Wars themed Christmas album would be a good idea? We have to go back to a gentleman called Miko Mondado. Um, to answer this question, Mika Mondado is a Pennsylvania native who watched the original Star Wars film at the cinema on the day it was released in 1977. Um, he was a graduate of the Eastman School of Music in Rochester, New York, and had gone on to have a fairly successful career in music as a session jazz musician working with the likes of Diana Ross um, before he got into arrangement. Um, he actually arranged the strings and brass for... Neil Diamond on Neil Diamond's Coca-Cola adverts during the 1970s. Okay. Ooh. Um, but he loved Star Wars so much that he watched it four more times, at least on a Monday. By the Thursday, he had watched it four times at cinema. Over the weekend, he went to watch it several more times because he really, really liked Star Wars. And I don't think, like you said, I think a lot of people did immediately go, oh my God, I love this film and blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. great, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. I remember seeing so in, the footage of um, people uh, queued outside the, Ch- the Chinese man theatre in Hollywood, mm-hmm. like going around the block and all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was so in love with the film and the John Williams score that he decided to do a disco version of the Star Wars score, which was a top 10 hit in the UK. And get this, a number one <laughs> on the Billboard charts in the United States of America. No. Uh, well, mate, I have some some. You are probably familiar with this piece of music. It's that kind of like it's that, but it's done disco funked up with loads of like strings and stuff. Um, it was so successful that it was turned into an album named Star Wars and Other Galactic Funk. Uh, it was released in 1977, just after the album, and was successful enough for both the single and the album to be certified platinum in the United States of America, which is a million sales. But um, the single sold two and a half million copies. Holy shit. And the album sold just shy of two million copies of the album. The single became the biggest selling instrumental single ever. Take that, Mogwai. Take that. <laughs> a bit of you in it. The, your king, Renfrey, this guy, Miko. He is your king. You, the king of instrumental music. There he is, your god. <laughs> <laughs> The man who sits atop of the tree of all this stuff that you go on about that you love. Your favourite music in the world. All the instrumental music. And there he is, sitting atop of the pile. Miko doing a disco version of the Star Wars thing. Yeah, yeah. He's, That's what you like. I That's have your favourite thing. <laughs> Just because it's instrumental. Uh, yeah. 
mm, I guess so. Um, I mean, the cover for Star Wars and Galactic, but like, this is not an official tie-in in any way, and I'm kind no. of amazed that I'm amazed it did so well because surely some I, I would have thought someone at Lucasfilm would turn around and say, "No, nah, you can't use Star Wars. You you can't do that." But they turned around and basically gave him a job. I'm guessing. Well, they got loads of money for it. They met George oh, Lucas and John Williams made untold amounts of royalties from this. I mean, we'll get into it in a second, but okay. just so you know, um, the album was nominated for the Best instrument- Instrumental Pop Performance at the 1978 Grammys, where it lost to... Any ideas what it lost to? 1978. Oh, God. Not like... Tube of Bells wasn't released that year, was it? No, 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 no. It lost to the Star Wars soundtrack by John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it had won. Imagine that. Imagine if if, if the Grammys went uh, Star Wars music, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really good. You give it to John Williams and stuff. Well, I'll, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying it's the best you could have done with it. I'm saying the original idea was good, but no disco, no, no glitter ball. Come on. No funk. Yeah. No funk. Yeah. yeah. Like, why Why would you do that? So anyway, he was nominated for a Grammy and lost to the person who he was um, covering. They made a lot of, they made a lot of, uh, a lot of money out of that, obviously. Quite cheaply put together. It was actually produced by a gentleman called um, Tony Bongiovi. We'll be talking about one of his family members a little bit later in the episode. Um so successful was this project that Miko went on to follow up with disco versions. And I'm just going to say, I, I don't expect Renfrey to have listened to these, but I, I have listened to these. And he went on to, and fucking, I, the shit I go through for this fucking podcast, he went on to follow up with disco versions of the theme music from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh my God. The, an entire album of The Wizard of Oz done disco, <laughs> which had already been done because of The Wiz was a film that came out like a year before anyway um star trek disco uh, star yeah, trek you yeah don't know. and superman and super superman superman and his version of you know the bit where can you read my mind from superman where they're flying together mm-hmm. the disco version of that with somebody else not um uh not margot kidder doing the that can line you read my mind yeah. is 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 so fantastically dreadful <laughs> just a, 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 like a science in badness it is so <laughs> so bad wow like, that that is like if that if that just that song was here on broken wreck i mean that is like it, it's punching for broken side kind of bad Do you know <laughs> wow what I mean? like it's, it's really really so i wouldn't even say that this is miko's worst work because the superman stuff is fucking terrible well, it's we, fucking terrible do we need an, to add an album to the list then no 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 <laughs> no, I'm not no, listening no, to that no, shit no. again absolutely not um but he's basically this is a, a pointless man pointless man <laughs> hugely pointless <laughs> yeah. waste of a life yeah mm. uh, just uh, like just fucking turn the disco ball on every fucking sci-fi and superhero and popular film tv show that you can see and just like going let's give it a little bit of like disco hip swing to it yeah no mate why are you doing that it feels like a formula which shouldn't be mined over and over and over and over again and yet he did that and yet he fucking did do that he wrote 
Um, but Star Wars was his big passion. So he wrote a nine-page-long letter to George Lucas asking him if he could produce this record. Can I have the Star Wars cast to come and we'll do a Christmas album, a Star Wars Christmas album? That's what I want to do. Nine-page letter to George Lucas. George Lucas looked at the numbers that Galactic Funk had did and went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but as I said, they wanted to make a set of original songs for the project and got hold of a composer called Maury Yeston, who went on to have a fairly successful Broadway career. Um, uh, but at this point was working at, um, at Yale University as a, as a tutor. Um, here's how he got involved with it. I found an interview with uh, with Maury Yeston, and he has this to say about this project. Um, I was working on musical theatre, and I was writing Nine by that time. So he wrote Nine, and you're probably familiar. There was a film with Daniel Day-Lewis uh, that came out a few years ago mm-hmm. um, uh, based on that. And a friend of mine who had written some pop tunes during the 1960s said, look, I mentioned your name to this guy. They're having an unbelievable amount of trouble, and I'm thinking that maybe you, it will be helpful for them, and maybe this can be some, a great kind of gig for you. I said, well, what, it, what is it? He said, it's Miko Mondaro, a great Tom Brown player, and he's working with to- Tony Bongiovi, and some other people and they're wanting to do a Star Wars Christmas album they got permission from George Lucas why? because it was a disco era you could take I'm a Little Teacup and if you put that over a disco beat that would be a hit so Miko and Tony had gotten permission from Lucasfilm to do a disco album using the John Williams music from Star Wars that sold like a zillion records they made so much money they built the power station on East 53rd and it's still there they put so much money into that recording studio they put a garage there for their sports cars on the second floor that brought the car up from the street to the garage so they didn't have to worry about having a parking spot that's how much money there was so my friend explained well they're going around to every major writer they can find and they're saying, can you contribute a song? They can't get enough material and they can't figure out how to hold it all together. So I met with Miko and said, look, this may sound ridiculous to you, but if you want to do a Star Wars Christmas album, you have to have a story. You have to have some spine, even the lightest spine, to hang it on. I've learned that because I'm writing musicals and that's what you need for a musical. You can't just put a bunch of songs up on stage. You need a story. You need a title. You need a concept. Maybe I can help you out because that's one of the things I do. He said how would we do a Star Wars Christmas album? I go, well, you can't just randomly go and talk to a bunch of different people and say, can you give us a song that has something to do with Star Wars and Christmas without unifying it in some way without it being a concept? This is obviously Christmas in the world of Star Wars, which means this is in a a galaxy far, far away, thousands of years ago. It's not now, so call it Christmas in the Stars. They came up with the concept of Christmas taking place in space and in Santa Claus's workshop. Mm. A load of droids, C-3PO and R2-D2, uh, would be making the presents all year round for Father Christmas. Not going to call him Santa Claus. I'm not from Missouri. <laughs> Father Christmas would be delivering the toys. So they're like the elves in yes. the workshop. Yes. But they're droids, so yes. it's in space. Yes. And it's in the Star Wars universe. And yes. that... That is the concept that is the concept of this record. <laughs> that is the entire fucking concept. The entire, the entire concept. There is no other concept. Um, how much do you think this as a concept, concept I think, adds, to well, the, adds to the... How much, how much do you think this concept adds to the album? Very little. Very more than... Little. It, more, more than I, I, I understand it more than I understand the Star Wars holiday special. Yes, that's true. That's true. So on that level well done uh, the yeah. two things we've spoken about 
is the better of the two, like to fathom at Ooh, least. But we are talking about some seriously uncreative, terrible, yeah. terrible projects here. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's basically what we have here, isn't it? It's an album thematically based around C three PO going, "What you don't know about Christmas?" And then the droids going, "What's Christmas?" Yeah, and him explaining via the medium of song. It's it's very. I mean, I'm sort of surprised that christmas exists in the star wars universe because that would insinuate that uh jesus christ was part of the star wars canon as well because i don't see you, why you've opened you've opened a bag a big old can of worms early well, it was just it was i just i it, i couldn't stop thinking about it i was like i mean there are no jesus references at all this is all very much kept to uh s claws as they keep saying do you know do, 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 you haven't read up on this have you because you're being, this is Columbo-esque. This is like, you have detective in this album. And oh, why right. it's here. Oh. Without even, because you don't, you, presumably you haven't read this. No, 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 I don't know. No, 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 you I just watched the, the holiday special, which has got nothing <laughs> to do with the album. Whereas I have done the research on it. And I think okay. that how it changed, it's quite funny that you brought that up. But you're right, yeah. All right. George Lucas is not was not, it, it, it was, it didn't really, we should get to that basically. Yeah, okay. So anyway, look. With the album set for a November release and it already being halfway through the year, there was intense and insane pressure to get the album written and recorded as quickly as possible. Yeston himself was treble tracking his vocal parts over 30 times um, just to create some kind of choir-based mm. thing. We should say, um, well, actually, I'll, I'll get to, the, to how the album was recorded in a minute because weirdly, this is sort of kind of a, a groundbreaking album in, in, in some ways for the way that it was recorded at the time which i think okay. would be quite surprised to hear um due to the success of their previous work george lucas was happy to let the whole cast of star wars get involved so he was like yep you can have you can have whatever you want from the star wars universe right um but according to bon jovi um they themselves turned down harrison ford mark hamill and carrie fisher to be on the album they said no we don't want those people because they weren't singers before letting anthony daniels and on the album whilst also admitting that he wasn't much of a singer as well but hey he's the star man in star wars right he's the main guy who you want in the anthony, anthony daniels. <laughs> don't need mark hamill or james l jones no 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 you're anthony daniels that sounds like bullshit to me i'm calling bullshit that does sound like bullshit and also actually didn't if- want harrison ford no, <laughs> no harrison exactly. ford went i'm not fucking singing this fuck off <laughs> and actually at the end of the star wars holiday special just to pop back to that for a moment carrie, carrie fisher. fisher does sing and actually has a pretty good, good voice yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the song's, going, oh, good, the song's but, not good but, but carrie fisher clearly is, can sing yeah that is is good you know so yeah. yeah carrie fisher can sing and so for them to turn around and go oh no they're just actors they can't sing but we'll have anthony daniels who basically talk admits that he can't do it he talks the whole way through um Anthony Daniels said that he got a call at the end of a week whilst he was rehearsing for a play in London and saying that he needs to leave, drop what he's doing and be in New York ASAP. And he replied that he could get the Concord over if they booked it for him, um, but he'd only be there on Saturday and Sunday and then he had to go back to do his play. And this is without even hearing any of the music at all. He was, he was committing to a two-day recording process without having heard a note of the music at all to give you some idea how quickly this all got put together. Um, they picked him up in a limo and gave him a bottle of champagne to drink on his way and just took him straight to the studio. Um, 
Here is, uh, I found an interview with Anthony Daniels as well, and he says this. Uh, at six o'clock that night, which of course is 11 o'clock my time, I was actually gaga because we'd worked all day and it wasn't to do with the champagne. I was tired. The next morning, I dragged everybody back into the studio at seven o'clock in the morning because by that time, it was 12 o'clock my time. They were all a bit weary, but you know, showbiz people get on with it, especially especially studio crews. And we worked until I left at three and got the afternoon Concord back to Heathrow. Then I was back rehearsing in central London on the Monday. In London, there was no limo champagne i was on the bus heading to the rehearsal room but that's been the fun of my career if you could call it that one minute concords wherever and the next minute basically on your bike <laughs> so anthony daniels <laughs> literally turned up in a limo got pissed they played him a bit he went oh r2 oh r2 haven't you heard of haven't you heard of eggnog and then they went yeah i do see you later and he's like bye bye <laughs> and then he fucked off and that's what you hear on the album that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it um, so much of it is basically, yes, exactly. C three PO saying, "Have you not heard of this Christmassy thing?" R two D two, and then and then C three PO sings him a song about it. That's pretty much talk, talk, talks him a song about talks it. him a song about it. Yeah, yeah. That's um, Andy Daniels. Yeah, is is actually not the most high profile star to appear on the record, even though the rest of the other cast of Star Wars turn it down. Um, the person who is the most high profile person on the record actually has nothing to do with Star Wars whatsoever. Um, bon Jovi said, "When I started working with my cousin John, I started working with CBS Records at the time, and we couldn't get him a deal. I tried to do everything I could do to get him out here. I knew that that record, Christmas in the Stars, was going to come out, and I knew that it was going to sell, so he sang on it." If you have a hit, then you can turn around and say, hey, this album's a hit. Let's turn around and sign him. But nobody wanted to sign John. It was a big uphill battle. I put him on that Budweiser. I put him on that, a Budweiser commercial, anything I could do. But that's how he ended up on uh, on that track. If this album hits big and you're the lead singer, then I can do the record with you. It took me a long time. I couldn't get him signed. A few years later, a radio station held a band contest and said, okay, let's try that. And the rest is history. So that's him talking about John Bon Jovi, the singer from Bon Jovi. <laughs> Uh, who sang lead vocals on the song Merry Christmas R2-D2 on this record. Mm. It's actually John Bon Jovi's first ever appearance on a commercially released record. Yeah, first ever recorded appearance, Mm. effectively. Um, And as a result, it's um, also by far, uh, by some some distance, the most popular song on Spotify as well. Um, Not that it's super popular, 27,013 uh listens as we record this um but i'm sure fucking um living on a prayer has got that on spotify since we've been recording this podcast probably yeah i think john bon jovi probably would be happy to fucking bury that right oh i don't think i don't think john bon jovi ever even acknowledges it it existed i I, I don't believe anyway but he he is he is credited as john with if not j-o-n-j-o-h-n john bon jovi on this so it's B-O-N-G-I-V-O-I, I think. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit, I kind of listened to it and I felt like what I imagine a lot of people feel listening to it, that you can't really hear him that clearly, I don't think, because there's a whole If you course. didn't know, you'd never know. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. If you're listening out for him, you can hear him, I think, yes, but we'll yeah. probably get onto that in a little bit. Uh, someone else who wasn't on the album, though, Frank Oz, who does the voice of Yoda, mm. was actually written in this is kind of just as the Empire Strikes Back was coming coming out. So they wanted to have Yoda on the album as well. And they wrote a piece in for Frank Oz. Um, but Frank Oz turned it down 
because he was currently in London filming the Muppet movie, playing Miss Piggy, and decided that he didn't want to break character. He was like, when I'm doing Yoda, I'm doing Yoda. When I'm doing Miss Piggy, I'm in Miss Piggy mode. And I, I love that Frank Oz takes the roles of Yoda and Miss Piggy as seriously as Marlon Brando t- <laughs> took like Don Corleone in The Godfather. You know what I mean? I love that Frank Oz is a method actor when he's playing a pig and whatever the fuck Yoda is. Do you know what I mean? That sounds like a very clever actorly excuse to me. Because if you hear that, you would go, oh God, they sound like a pain to work with anyway. I don't think I, I don't think I do want to work with Frank Oz anyway, but it's probably a lie. He's probably just like, I don't want to fucking do that, but I want a polite excuse as to why I can't do it. So I think no, that's I, kind I, of genius. I, I, I do, but I also really want Frank Oz to be like a method actor whilst <laughs> playing a pig. <laughs> Not just any pig either, a pig in a skirt who does karate. <laughs> I love the idea. Oh, I went and took karate classes. So that when I went, <laughs> take it, frog. <laughs> That's you've never done your Miss Piggy before. That was good. I didn't know I did a Miss Piggy, but it just sort of came out. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Anyway, uh, with three quarters of the album finished, uh, Miko got a message from their label RSO telling them to shelve the album because George Lucas didn't want it anymore. George Lucas is like, shut it down, not interested in making this record anymore. Um, uh, Yeston was confused with the situation. Um, he says from the same interview, he said, nothing in this process was, hey, let's capitalise on Star Wars and make a lot of money. <laughs> really? Bullshit. Uh, yeah, it was that we love the movie so much. <laughs> Isn't that a lark? What fun. Just to be close to this phenomenon. So now the album's done. It's over. Why? George's serious concerns about the mixture of the metaphor of the force with Christianity. Aha. Mm. Here's my soothsayer stuff coming up. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. He said, so he said, I said, so the problem is my song, The Meaning of Christmas. It's pretty much, um, it's very pretty music. Mm. And the lyric, it was very Yoda. I will tell you, about many, many years ago, on a planet far from here, there appeared a new star shining for every single year. Men were far more different then, much they did not understand. It was real. It was one of those songs, and the message was love each other, be kind to each other, be good to each other. And people were crying from hearing this song. I'm a fucking, I know how they feel. But, uh, <laughs> but George did not want to in- intermingle the message of the force with Christianity. And that was it. The album was over. Case closed. Huh. So she shut down production on the record. Uh just because George Lucas was scared that people might go, oh, you've this is religious iconography that you're toying with alongside your, you know, your your space um, fucking opera thing, soap opera. Um, well, a lot of people yeah. have have compared the Force to some sort of quasi-religious thing, and saying that like I love like those people power <laughs> say that the Jedi you know is a, is a religion of sorts and that's how it became religion on the census it's really normal blah, blah, blah. way to live your life <laughs> um i mean you know it's a semi interesting theory but it's obviously i don't think it's what george lucas actually intended um so i mean i can kind of understand that to a degree you don't want to get those things mixed up and you probably don't want to offend potentially a shitload of bat crazy uh christian freaks you know yeah, who, who might who might buy your um your, your toys 
might buy a Millennium Falcon and a <laughs> fucking Boba Fett toy. Uh, anyway, he goes on to say, it was like Mickey and Judy in the barn. Uh, I don't understand that reference. I said, hey, wait a minute. That's not what we do. We have a problem with the show. Let's rewrite the lyric. Who do I speak to? So I called the vice president of Lucasfilm, Sig Gannis, and I said, hi, you don't know me. I'm completely unknown. An insignificant songwriter who's involved in this album, and we've just heard that it's been cancelled because of this. I said, Mr. Gannis, first of all, are you sitting in a jacuzzi out there? He said, no. I said, Mr. Gannis on Broadway, when we do these shows, if the song is not working for any reason, we don't close the show and lose all of the production money. We repair it. The meaning of Christmas was an attempt to have a sing about the religious connotations and the message of Christmas. But Christmas isn't just Jesus Christ. It's also Santa Claus. Wreaths on every door, decorating your Christmas tree. It's a Yule log and family coming together to give gifts. Let me rewrite the lyrics. He said, okay. So I rewrote the lyric to what it is, which is basically and obviously a shallow, treacly, insignificant, cliched list of Christmassy kinds of things. I did it because we'd done an album. We'd worked very hard. A lot of people were relying on it. It was an opportunity to get some fun things recorded. It started my career. I guess as a commercial songwriter and I felt the need to do this for everyone and myself what's wrong with a treacly Christmas message we hear it all the time it's a light-hearted entertainment and the album's back on well done <laughs> so basically by going I tried to write a song with some sort of meaning and George Lucas went oh god no and I, went, oh, <laughs> I want it to be trashy <laughs> just talk about rampant consumerism and George Lucas was like yes that's more like it that's my shit while stroking his pelvis yeah yeah lovely cool Mm. that's pretty much it Mm. still he was um uh, so embarrassed by what happened at the end yesterday and apparently his name was going to be on the album originally uh, but he didn't want his name on the album he didn't want to be attributed to it so he changed his name to the star wars intergalactic droid choir and chorale doesn't surprise me at all uh yeah of course of course as soon as you've heard this why would you want anything why would you want to be any part of it whatsoever um just terrible i feel i feel sorry for the computer noises that made r2d2 i mean the shame there must be feeling it's awful like anyone involved in this should be i believe it's the same people who did uh, sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band (laughs) yes it must droids (laughs) yeah the one (laughs) one minute you're massaging frankie howard's the next minute you're talking about what you're going to get a Wookiee for Christmas. It's no, it's, no, it's no kind of life for computers back then, Renfrey. No, really no kind of life. Really um, and then there's still more drama. Uh, Yestin says, two days after the album's release, I went to the corporate offices of RSO Records, who were releasing the record, because I thought I'd like to ask them about music publishing or something, and the front door was locked. They had gone out of business. They went out of business two days after the album was released, never to be heard from again. Recently, I found out because it was because of some lawsuit that was being threatened, and they just decided to close the doors. So there was no record company behind it. They had an initial pressing of about 150000 and that was it. No promotion, no anything. Okay, so fine. But all I thought was, okay, now there are only two things that would be nice. One, if some of this... if it had any quality at all it could be heard and two if i don't lose my job at yale so the record's released and what can you get a wookie as a christmas novelty song shoots up to number 69 on the billboard top 200 top 100 sorry which was just mind-blowing to me so those two things did happen um what can you get a wookie for christmas actually did like you say get to number 69 on the charts Hundred fifty thousand copies were made by rso who were planning on doing another pressing before the label folded ironically do you know what the lawsuit that shut rso was uh who who filed that lawsuit no um so this rso records was owned by robert stigwood who we have previously oh. spoken about 
and um, the lawsuit on the Sergeant Pepper episode from the from the Sergeant Pepper's episode, yeah. And the lawsuit was brought about by the Bee Gees. Oh my God! Okay, yeah. How interesting. Do you know what the lawsuit was about? It was something to do with. um, Hold on, I've I've got a bit of it here. Um, in 1980, the label's most famous act, the Bee Gees, filed a $200 million lawsuit against both RSO and Stigwood claiming mismanagement, which was met with Stigwood's own $310 million counter-lawsuit alleging libel, defamation of character, and exhortation. It is considered to be the largest successful lawsuit against a record company by an artist or group. The lawsuit was subsequently settled for an undisclosed amount, and after public reconciliation, the band remained with the label until its disillusion. Crikey. Um... Yes, it doesn't really say, but it's quite Mm. soon after Sergeant Peppers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder if maybe that had something to do with it. Mm. Sergeant Peppers was like 78, is that right? Mm. Something like that, yeah. 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 Mm, Interesting. Very, very interesting indeed. I didn't realise this was essentially the sequel to Sergeant Peppers, but it sort of is turning out to be that in a weird sort of way. Mm. Yeah. Um, it was also, this is a quite an interesting thing, Renfrey, it was one of the first non-classical or jazz albums to be recorded digitally. And What Do You Get a Wookiee for Christmas became, when that became a hit, when it got to number 69, um, it was only the third digitally recorded song ever to get into the Billboard Top 200. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's astonishing. I didn't even realise any form of digital recording was around in 19 well this was released 1980 so i'm guessing it's recorded 79 or 80 no mate it was recorded in 1980 it was recorded in september 1980 and released in um november 1980 it was put together it would have been some kind of very very rudimentary form of digital recording i'm sure surely wow so Mm. in that sense you're saying this album is as important as the white album (laughs) kind of yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so it came out on lp and cassette originally the cassette version of the album is a real rarity now and it will cost you 423 pounds on amazon in the uk if you want to get it in the usa it's not quite as expensive you can get it on discogs for it's not available in the uk either of these um uh, places you can get it from but it's 225 dollars plus 15 dollars postage if you want to buy it in the us on discogs i would suggest get the metallica black album box set that's probably a better idea um my favorite thing about the records um is that when you listen on spotify the length of the song length at the bottom is a a lightsaber which is quite a nice little touch i thought renfrey that is the best thing about this entire record uh the fact that yeah if you play it on spotify it's a little lightsaber rather than your the normal like time line thing <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah yes yeah. that's easily uh, the best thing about this record so there you go um reviews wise there's not a lot there are no reviews from the time that i could find surprise, no reviews. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> all music gave it a one and a half uh, that reads like a zero it says because of its general meaninglessness and obscure commentaries on the holiday this could be the worst star wars related album on the market to those who enjoy bad music on a camp level this album is priceless fans of series should give it a listen just to hear how bad it is but this really is only a recommendation for those who enjoy terrible music for its comedic value so basically the people who like the crazy frog who like music that goes bing bong whip whip z wop wop uh, and funny bing bong noises that those are the sort of people who would probably appreciate this so we're so little in the way of reviews renfrey 
I decided to head over to Amazon and see what the skinny was <laughs> over over there. Um, on Amazon UK, it has got a rating, a customer rating of 4.5 out of 5, <laughs> over 128 global ratings. 6% is 1 star, 3% is 2 star, 4% is 3 star, 7% is 4 star. 80% of reviews have given this record 5 out of five the perfect record that's pretty funny isn't it oh my god (laughs) here are some of the five out of five reviews uh premium feature fan titled his five out of five review great buy he says exactly what i imagined just like our childhood (laughs) (laughs) my childhood was exactly like i imagined it i'm not sure that's exactly what he means but fine um Stuart, in his five out of five star review, said in a titled, Not Your Typical Star Wars, he said, Good for fun. Don't take too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still more than Robert Christie would have written about it, admittedly, but yeah, it fine. <laughs> Makes more sense than a Robert Christie review as well. Mm. From the 17th of February 2020. Wow. Uh, <laughs> John. Frankie Frankowski says John in his review titled John Bon Jovi should have Christmas in the stars. (laughs) 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 He says, I heard this disc for the first time in nearly 40 years this past Christmas. And I learned that John Bon Jovi was the snotty little punk singing in the background for some songs. I'm sure it's a project he would love to forget. Mm. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. On the 10th of November 2019, Mary Ann Daly awarded the album five stars. In her review titled Happy, she said, Happy. No. (laughs) So, think she's happy with that? How happy is she? She's very, I think she seems, she seems very happy. How could she be anything but? (laughs) I know, it's mad, isn't it? Jeff A., uh gave it five out of five um his review says really bad (laughs) gave it five out of five it's a really bad cd my son loves it (laughs) (laughs) what What? confusing what are you giving it i hate this my son likes it it's perfect (laughs) like what (laughs) why is your son you think that your son's that special (laughs) <laughs> that he gets to... oh dear oh wow okay i don't i don't understand and finally probably the best review um becky long on amazon reviewed it on the 5th of december 2019 gave it five stars her review was titled bon jovi sings a song and she says no comment as it's a gift five stars. <laughs> <laughs> why are you giving that five stars then no comment it's perfect it is actually i'm gonna say that this is absolutely perfect in every way but i would prefer not to comment on the the quality of it that's very considerate of becky long i have to say just be nice i mean it's nice it's a nice thing to do yeah something you don't want to comment on (laughs) to comment on it Maybe maybe just don't comment i think we should start i might start doing that in metal hammer i want to get asking alexandria album (laughs) 
<laughs> New Arsenal Alexandra album. I don't really listen to Arsenal Alexandra. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the album peaked at number 61 on the Billboard Top 200 and remained in the chart for six weeks. And that is the story of Christmas in the Stars, how that happened, the Star Wars Christmas album. But, Renfrey, taking all that into account, what do you think of Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album? Um, it's a lot more dull than the story of the record, it has to be said. It's definitely one of those ones where the story is more interesting. And I suppose, really, I mean, we have a kind of... We've mentioned the Sgt. Pepper's soundtrack in this quite a lot. And we... This is probably the closest. I mean, this is almost like a cross between Sergeant Peppers and Mr. Blobby in that they've tried to put a sort of theme, a sort of concept through it, like they did with the Mr. Blobby record where you have Crinkly Bottom FM and it being a load of songs on the radio. And they have done the same thing in that, you know, essentially take songs which are incredibly familiar to pretty much everyone in the western world at the very least and just put star wars references in them effectively in a lot of cases i mean there are a couple of original songs what can you get a wookie for christmas <laughs> just just singing a christmas song and then having someone go in the background more really make it a star wars song does it but here we are <laughs> well here we are exactly it's kind of it's the same thing as the Blobby album in that it's the lowest common denominator sort of stuff. And then I think just in terms of like all the 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 the, the idea of like let's jump on something whilst it's hot, you know. And I suppose Star Wars has always you know ended up being massive. But back in 1978 or 77 or whatever, they probably wouldn't have known. They might not have known that, and might have just thought it's something that's gonna explode and then disappear you never know so let's get in there and do something and all this stuff like i mean the the guy behind it saying that he loves star wars so much and that's why he did it why are you ruining star wars then <laughs> like why are you fuck if you love it so much why are you fucking ruining it you absolute idiot Ab- unbelievable um but i mean unfortunately it's not kind of as interesting as the sergeant pepper's record in lots of ways because at least with the sergeant like it's not as funny it's not as funny the thing is much like the star wars holiday special this isn't a funny record it's not really a funny record it's just like i mean i would say you know the 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 title track is the opener and it's just a sort of christmas song very kind of bing crosby but then occasionally it goes r2d2 and anthony daniels is kind of camping up about how much he fucking bloody cunt him loves christmas (laughs) with his big bottle of champagne in his hand and i was just like well i'm not offended by this i just think no because i don't care about star wars enough to get annoyed about it but i also don't even really think it's that bad it's just not a very good christmas song and you weirdly hear a bit of blippity bloppity bloop in the middle of it i mean some of it is bizarre i mean bells 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 is a song explaining bells R2-D2 <laughs> doesn't know what bells are. And C-3PO so goes, oh, is going, you know, oh, bells. bells are amazing. And then what sings about thing. them. Yeah. Bell, you know, bells. It's like, I was, you know, people like, you go, you know what, who that is. And you're trying to explain who something. They go, no, I don't. It's that, but to music, but with bells. <laughs> and they go like, you know, you know Idris Elba. No. Idris Elba, he's on the Sky advert. Uh, no, I haven't seen. He's on the wire. No. 
Fucking Ed yourself. You know, he's got a podcast with his missus that they do. He's on fucking everything. He's Luther. Um, no, I don't think I... You do. You know it. That's essentially what Bells is. But yeah. just with Bells. But with Bells. Yeah. yeah. It's... <laughs> Rather than Id- Idris Elba. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> you, know Bell- you know Bells. Ding, ding, ding. Bells. <laughs> no. You know fucking... You press the door. Ding, dong. You know that? No. Fucking Bell. You know, Christmas, ding, 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 ding. You know, you walk past the church, ding, and it bell, they, they chime the bell. No? <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. You must know bells. I don't. You do? You know bells? You know, you just can't believe someone. That is that song. <laughs> but it's put to, like, Christmas music with, ironically, loads of bells around it. Just, oh, we go, listen to this. Hear that. That's bells, isn't it? And R2-D2's is like, nah. He's mugging him off. He's winding him up. Yes. Always. <laughs> Yes, that's that's exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you've got so much out of that song. <laughs> I, I I didn't think we'd get that much out of this entire record, to be totally honest. But not a I'm, lot. I'm I mean, amazed. what can you get? Wiki for Christmas is terrible. It's not funny. It's it's. Uh, it was kind of. It was the one moment. I mean, it's so stupid, that song. It's really stupid. Um, what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? What can you get in a hurry for a furry kind of friend like that to take home? Oh, he doesn't need a tie clip and he doesn't use shaving foam. So what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? It's really a problem. Um, and I'm... <laughs> I, it was the one moment in the record where I did actually laugh, but I very much felt like I was laughing at the album rather than with the album. Yeah, because you see the title and you go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I get the joke. And they've gone, no, 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 you don't. Let me <laughs> let me tell you the joke again. Over for three, three and a half minutes. Again and again and again. Oh, yeah, because Wookiee's hairy, right? And you'd probably... Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're yeah. like, no, you, you haven't got it. Let me explain <laughs> it again. Oh, God. Oh, God, you don't yeah. need to. You really don't need to. Really don't <laughs> need to. You really, 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 really. He was in, he's in the new Suicide Squad. <laughs> Idris Elba. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. You do. <laughs> Nelson Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom. He was, he was Mandela. I've not seen it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no, no. With uh, Matt Damon. If, that's Invictus. That's Morgan Freeman. That's not the same person. No, I've not seen that then. <sighs> Should we move on no, to the I've next not, one? I've not seen that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get to RTD2. We wish you a Merry Christmas, which is a fucking kids' choir bullshit thing. Awful. <laughs> like, Grandpa, we love you bullshit. Yes. With the worst thing John Bon Jovi has ever done. But almost, almost certainly, yeah. And, almost certainly. And when you think Quar Bon Jovi haven't released a good album since 1992, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like a few good singles, but whoa, and yet this is still the worst thing. Oh yeah, by by mm. by a long, 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 long way. I yeah. would uh, happily listen to a- any latter day Bon Jovi albums over this by by far. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know what Christmas is. You, he doesn't even know what bells are. And you're going, oh, happy Christmas, R2. Let's all get around and wish R2-D2 happy Christmas. 
he's the whole he's only halfway through the album he still doesn't know what it is <laughs> this feels like a waste of time really it's a fucking idiot isn't um, it this really, this album really does R two D two a disservice. Like it does. I mean, the next song, Sleigh Ride, which is Sleigh Ride, mm. um, is them explaining singing to R two D two. Yes, to the tune of just in the sleigh bells ringing, it's lovely <laughs> yes. weather. For- oh, R two, why don't you know singing at all? Yeah, they they teach he him was how in, to sing. He was in he was in Age of Ultron. You must have seen that film. I don't know who Chris Elber is. Oh God! <laughs> he was in Thor. Haven't you seen Thor? I haven't seen Thor. No, that's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> We're singing. It's fucking stupid. It's why is ridiculous. R2? How, why is he even there if he doesn't know anything about this? All the other droids are like, oh, it's Christmas. Well, you know they're doing. <laughs> I mean, I as- I assume he's a droid making the presents. So, like, yes. why, why is he, I, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's a stupid concept. It's absolutely they, ridiculous. In that, in that song, they teach him to sing. And at the end, he does a load of like, and C-3PO, even though he just sounds exactly the same as he does anyway, C-3PO, so excited that R2-D2 sings, he basically comes in his pants, doesn't he? <laughs> he's basically like, oh, R2's singing. Oh. So no, he's not. He's making the same noise as he always makes. And you're getting really, go on, R2. Oh, God. It's like Anthony Daniels literally jizzing in his pants because <laughs> he's heard R2-D2 make some vaguely melodic bleepy noises. He must have popped another champagne bottle, I'm guessing. <laughs> I um... think he did. I think he did. He's off his fucking face. <laughs> pissed done it pissed he did it pissed merry merry christmas sounds like the distant future by flight of the concord <laughs> when all the, like, doesn't it like the distant future they you do that the droids on all of this are it's those pricks again from the sergeant pepper's original yeah. soundtrack awful we are robots compute the amount of fun that we have at christmas <laughs> fucking rubbish utterly rubbish utterly rubbish I have computed that christmas is one of the most fun family times of the year like <laughs> <laughs> You could have written. You could have written this entire album in about forty-five minutes. Like <laughs> you really, you really could. It's oh, it's awful. You really could. He's uh, in Sonic the Hedgehog too. You must know him. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> and the last song. The last song. I mean, then he, then he, then he does a Christmas. Then there's a story in the middle of it, isn't there? Yes. A story to see Dubio going, and then Christmas was a thing, and it's really boring. It's and then really we get boring. the eight minute and 11 second long closing, The Meaning of Christmas, which Frank Oz <laughs> would rather be Miss Picky than be involved in, which I can fully understand. And fuck me, it's about Christmas, it's not got any Star Wars characters in it at all, really. No, no it's just Father Christmas's son, Santa's son going on about what Christmas is. Then we get a children's choir and it just goes on and on and on, getting louder and louder and louder and becoming more and more unbearable. And at the end, C-3PO says, it's the last line of the album, Merry Christmas, everyone, and may the force be with you always. Fuck off, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, you've made me want to become a Jehovah's Witness. Listen to this. I fucking love Christmas. You've blown it. It's yeah. crap, that yeah. last song, isn't it? It's, oh, it it's absolutely on. awful. Awful. 
awful. <laughs> so over the top. Yeah. So loud. Yeah. So obnoxious. Just so much overly sugary crap. Like the guy says, overly sugary crap all the way through it. Yeah. Um, it's such a strange Venn diagram of people who would like love Star Wars and love Christmas at the same time. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there's lots of people who like Christmas and there's lots of people who like Star Wars, I suppose. But just combining the two things is just such a fucking... It's a stupid idea. And then this record proves... I mean, it's not even well executed. You know, I think we could come up with a better Star Wars album, Star Wars Christmas album than than this. Yeah, I think I think we could. Yeah. I don't think it would I don't take think long that would be... No, I don't think that would be hard. I don't think that would be much of a challenge. No. It's, it's... I think that would be a fairly easy thing to do. Yeah, and as we said before... Comparatively. Like, comparatively, yeah. And the really, like, the really annoying thing is, like, I was kind of hoping this would at least be fun. Um, and it's really not. It's really boring. It's only 33 minutes long, and it did feel like a real slog to get through it it did 33 minutes come on that's I not to very listen to much it in two two halves really yeah i got like six tracks in and i was like i can't listen to any more of this and i love christmas and i've got nothing against christmas songs i think these are quite bad christmas songs broadly speaking i don't think they're brilliantly i mean the the recordings are okay i guess the recordings are okay the sound is fine it's all kind of cheesy and it's very and it is kind of festive but they're not great songs in the same no, way as like no. you know some of those old Nat King Cole Bing Crosby mm. era kind yeah. of yeah. classic Christmas songs are you know really fucking cheesy but still but it's because you you stick a fucking droid over the top of it going what is Christmas and you're like well I'm not explaining it to you, mate. Fuck off. <laughs> Unfortunately, Anthony Daniels will explain it to you. He will, um, yeah. In in painstaking, like, and just unbelievable. And every he will be like staggered when you don't know. And when you get it a bit, he will literally like just just melt into a pool of like whatever cum is to an android. Like he probably fucking oil loves it. Oil, probably oil. Yeah, <laughs> probably oil. Don't know. I'm not an Android, am I? What do I know about this? Isn't broken Androids podcast? <laughs> it feels like it is this week. Fucking hell. It feels like it is this week. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's in Pacific Rim. You, see Pacific Rim? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know who he is. Ah, God, get on with it. Anyway, um. It's rubbish. This. I mean, yeah. it's just rubbish. It's just, it's just rubbish. rubbish. It's just a stupid rubbish cash in thing. It's definitely not as bad as Crazy Frog, which made me no. want to kick the shit out of everything. Mm. It's probably not as annoying and bizarre as Mister Blobby. I would say. I don't know. I know. No, I. I don't. I, it, because it's Christmas music, you sort of just go, yeah. But you do. But I do feel like it's maybe even. It's maybe even more cynical. Than, uh, than Mr. Blobby. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that's true. I, I, I think that... I mean, I can't believe I'm actually going to dissemble these in a uh, critical sort of manner, but I think the concept of the Mr. Blobby album is far superior to the concept of... <laughs> well, just the idea of a radio... St- I, I just... Look, they're both shit ideas, but of the two... 
I think the Mr. Blobby, the album concept is a better idea and better executed as well. Bringing Tony Blackburn on, you've got a couple of, you know, pretty terrible jokes, but they... Oh my God, I can't believe I'm sticking up for the Blobby album. But, you know, like... Well, I can. <laughs> Obviously, I, mean, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, expect yeah. anything less, to be honest. <laughs> but, but I think... I fully expect to do a classic album on a Mr. Blobby album one day. <laughs> you know, no, let's delete the, let's delete the broken record version. We're going to do a full-blown classic album on Mr. Blobby. That's what it needs to be. <laughs> Go back. Get the lunchbox out. Get <laughs> Anyway. I mean, the Blobby album uh, is twice as long. Yes, and I, I, no, the Blobby album is worse. It's got to be considered worse, surely. You, you think the Blobby album is worse than this? I think I do. Yeah, I think I do, yeah. Oh, man, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I think the music on this stays at one level, and that level is like kind of passable Christmas music throughout. True. Take every anthony daniels and children's choir and you know 17 year old john bon jovi going i love you r2d2 then this is just a kind of absolutely passable christmas based album but it's when you start sticking on like what are bells <laughs> who is santa <laughs> you know oh i bought like you back guide a, to christmas i bought <laughs> I bought Chewbacca some wax strips <laughs> for Christmas. Yeah, and the children's choir. That's when it gets shit, and that is yeah. really shit. Yeah, but it's probably still better than just somebody going blobby blobby blobby. <sighs> there are moments on. I mean, you know, like Clockwork on the Blobby album when he's, you know, when he when he's going full 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 craft work. You are like, oh. Yeah, but it's such a fucking roller. I mean, it's not even that much of a roller coaster. It never gets that high. I mean, it's really like it goes down and it keeps going down. It burrows through to like the center of the earth and then goes slightly up a little bit more and then just goes all the way back down again. There's nothing on this that I'm like, this is fucking musically atrocious. It's just a stupid, again, a stupid fucking cash in. Mm. Milking a cash cow. At least they wrote some songs. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Crazy Frog didn't. I'm mean, not comparing it to Crazy. Crazy Frog didn't even write any songs. No, just got someone no. else's songs and went bim bom bang did ding ding did dong over mm, the top of it. Mm, yeah, this is nowhere near. Like like, yeah. I didn't. I I I I didn't really feel anything whilst listening to this album. You know, whereas with Crazy Frog, I felt annoyance. Oh, I hated um, the Crazy Frog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, as as discussed, I hated the Crazy Frog. I found Sergeant Pepper's hysterical. Yeah. But only when I saw the film, to be fair. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought Blobby was, you know, really... Uh, re- again, well, it was re- it was just naff, wasn't it? It's just naff. This is naff. This is just a fucking naff pile of crap. So are you, suggesting, I- are you suggesting between Blobby and Richard Ashcroft? Or are there other... Is there another well, spot well, that you're looking at? Well, We'll get into that. We'll just do a quick kind of roundup okay. of what happened. Because you guys you probably haven't heard of what happened to Star Wars after this. Because obviously <laughs> this killed the franchise, didn't it? This uh, this album. Um, the CD got a release. Or the album got a CD release by Rhino Records in 1996. Finally. <laughs> so people could actually buy it on CD at last. Um, Miko carried on making silly records. Uh, including music from Star Trek and the Black Hole in 1980 also. Uh, impressions of an American werewolf in London in 1981. That's quite bad. It's on right. Spotify. Right. There's a spot. There's a there's a, 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 a dance your asteroids off um, 
collection that came out in 2000 and there's another best of which was only released on the internet in 2005 um but there's a couple of like bests of miko and i listened to like the american wealth in london one appalling um he did uh, an album called ewok celebration in 1983 and did do a few albums in the aftermath of that not really that many to be fair more like singles and stuff um pop goes to the movies in 1982 swing time greatest hits ewok celebration hooked on instrumentals with harold wheeler came out in 1983 in 1997 a best of miko came out as well but miko himself <laughs> actually quit the music industry in 1985 saying when disco was new it was fresh and exciting because it was different but pretty soon it became too cookie cutter and wore itself out he played golf for a few years before becoming a commodity broker in florida but what of the other people that are involved in the making of this record anthony daniels says i think it was my destiny just as it was anakin's destiny to go to the dark side it was my destiny to be c-3po and to be on this funny lp <laughs> uh it's given me huge fun around the world and so many people who are kind of amazed to meet me in the end because I've been a voice or an image for them for so many years. It becomes part of a tradition. I think a lot of families have the same Christmas decorations. They get out of the box every year and put them up. And it's kind of nostalgic. They sing Christmas carols and drink eggnog. Not that I would ever drink eggnog. It's truly one of the most disgusting things ever. You might paint your walls with it. Dry white wine myself. But it is part of the family tradition for many people. Getting out the tinsels and baubles and the Christmas sounds christmas in the stars is part of that tradition and i'm very happy to see people sitting around the log fire and singing along and laughing um is he is he seeing that is he kind of going around <laughs> going people's, around houses, people's and houses poking making his head them, through the window making them listen to this album basically and then seeing him drink eggnog and go stop drinking that shit <laughs> with a bottle of champagne in his limo Get the Concord over to that. I hear someone's listening to Star Wars, a Christmas album. Get me on the Concord now. Give me that champagne. I'm going to mug off their eggnog. I don't know what he's fucking, why they kept that in, the piece. Well, I, well, no. I mean, I've kept it in because I thought it was a hilarious thing to say. Not that I'd ever drink eggnog. <laughs> Truly disgusting. Paint your, paint your walls of it. Anthony Daniels. Why would you do are that? You, are you all right, Anthony Daniels? <laughs> I mean, after doing this record, I can imagine he might need some sort of therapy or something. Yeah. So. Mm. Um, Yeston says, it's kind of disappeared and then it was famous as this really awful thing, like Carry the Musical or whatever. I think it's interesting. You called me and so I thought, why don't I take a look at Amazon and see what people are saying about it? So I looked at the 13 five-stars reviews, which I never do. And here are all these people saying, oh, our family for 25 years, every year we've pulled this thing out and it's so silly and we sing and we have a good time and it's fun. And then, of course, the one-star reviews are like, is there anything on the great chain of being lower than this? Laughs. I'm okay with that. So they're fine with it both of them by the scenes of things i mean Um, probably made a lot of money from it so i can can understand why and uh well i'm not sure they made i mean only 150,000 copies probably ever could have been sold in the first place that's a good point oh of course because the record company went bust didn't they so yeah yeah so i'm not entirely convinced Mm. that um that that's true but anyway uh we should rank it ourselves i mean obviously we don't need to go and say what happened with star wars the empire strikes back came out it was fairly successful as discussed you know what fucking star wars is you don't need us telling you it's star wars um where shall we rank this renfrew we've kind of already said around the kind of mr blobby area um that sounds bad taken out of context around the mr blobby, yeah. <laughs> mr. Um, blobby area 
I would say it's it's certainly for me, even though it's not as much fun, and it's not as interesting, and it's not as some, it, it it's not got the same level of hilarity. I mean, it's certainly not funny and charming in the way that William Shatner or Dee Dee King are, and those are much higher up the list than the likes of the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band soundtrack or Mr. Blobby. Um, I think there's no doubt in my mind that this is comfortably um, way off of that because it's oh, just yeah. not fun. It's not fun. But then at the same time, I think Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band and Mr. Blobby Day album are both fundamentally deeply, deeply flawed from top to bottom. Mm. There is very little on either of those records that I can in any good conscience go, well, this isn't a fuck-up of the highest order. I'm not entirely sure that the Star Wars Christmas album is a fuck-up of the highest order. It's just a very bad idea. It's just quite a bad... I think they've probably done... I mean, you said, you know, we could come up with something better. I think if we were asked to come up with something better, we'd probably go, Star Wars and Christmas don't really go together. Oh, that's a good you know idea, I mean? yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do the fucking the rambo easter record <laughs> or like, i i don't think the, the world needs that <laughs> the predator yeah. hanukkah record or something yeah yeah i don't need the like you know <laughs> fucking <laughs> mork and mindy the fucking oh they would have had a thanksgiving special wouldn't they? yeah well yeah you know but you know what i mean like there are some things where you go well that's just set in a completely different mm. i mean at yeah. least rambo is set on this planet yeah, and you yeah, would yeah. go like rambo would probably celebrate that you know it'd be like fucking one foot in the grave go to vietnam or something like we don't need victor Mel- go, oh it's a bloody weird kong margaret i don't believe it like nobody needs that it's rid- two ridiculous ideas you know one foot yeah. in the grave and platoon don't go together yes yeah. christmas and star wars don't go together it's a really really weird idea so you're yes. starting from a place where you go these two things feel kind of diametrically opposed in a lot of ways and yet they make something which is really boring out of it. They do, yeah, yeah. Which but is... I guess it's I guess it's because they kind of haven't really scrimped or compromised on either. Because this sounds like a Christmas album. It does sound like a Christmas album. It has all of the accoutrements that you would expect from a Christmas record. It sounds bells, bells, like bells. yeah, yeah. It's got bells, and I mean, it's got bells, probably. Bells. familiar with bells um but it's got bells all over it it's got like you know the kind of the, the 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 quarrel stuff it's got all that kind of it feels kind of frosty and snowy and blah it's just ruined by <laughs> it being all about r2d2 and c3po yeah effectively <laughs> so i mean what what are we what are we saying here i, I just i i i can't i just it's not even interesting enough, really, to be truly bad. It's just stupid. I was, I was looking at the. I think I was being blindsided ever so slightly by the, um, by the sort of uh, novelty aspect of this record, and hence I was looking around fifteen and sixteen, where we have Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and Mr. Bloody. But I think both of those records have multiple what the fuck moments where you're just so in awe of just how terrible it is or just just it's so cringeworthy and actually thinking about it more this record doesn't really have those moments it's just boring um and 
we do actually have a bunch of records all together which are all just really boring and i'm almost wondering if maybe it would be more appropriate to put it round dirty vegas the enemy pigeon detectives maybe even lenny kravis i mean that was just boring wasn't it just yeah boring. i mean i think I, I i think it is boring but i think it's probably it's probably worse than them but more interesting than all of them so i don't yeah. know do you put it at the top do you put it near one more light by lincoln park in between one more light and super collider by megadeth or do you put it a little bit further down the bottom where it's because you know it's definitely more interesting a record than love beach by emerson lake and palmer yeah just about mm. i i mean i i prefer the love beach record <laughs> But yeah. yes, the Star Wars. The st- I mean, certainly the story behind the Star Wars record is way more interesting. But then I don't know. Like, is that what we're? It's more interesting. I think what they do with it is it. it yeah, it, it's so kind of you know, just absolute bog standard Christmasiness, which is just becomes not weird enough to become bizarre, mm. not interesting enough to become annoying. Yeah, just very very silly. Just yeah. very, very. You've started with a bad idea, and yeah. you've probably done everything you could have done with what is essentially a dreadful, dreadful idea, and you've made something which is going to appeal really to neither fans of Christmas or Star Wars. Well, I would suggest. Yeah. I would suggest. I think it is. It's not offensive in the same way as there's some pretty like there's a bit of not loads but there's a bit of grotty stuff on super collider by megadeth so i'd write, like to put it above that i would probably like to put it above one more light than lincoln park because i think that record is that has a rep, that's got a reputation that it, it shouldn't have and doesn't deserve and you think well you should probably at least know better and then you get other chances like razor light puddle of mud viva brother i think in a lot of ways because you've got the Star Wars name and it's so much more of a cash-in, I wouldn't say v- Viva Brother tried to reinvent Britpop, it didn't really happen. You've tried to cash in massively via disco and Christmas to some, and, and Star Wars. You're mm. using far bigger things to cash in on. And that is cheeky as fuck. So for me, I would suggest, I would like to put it between Linkin Park, One More Light and Famous First Words by Viva Brother. I think that's very well argued. And yeah, I'm with you. I think that's a very, you've put that across very, very well. And therefore I'm happy to just let it slide right in there at number 24 i believe it is number 24 i'll put it in there now christmas in the stars uh by star wars is it by star wars well i guess it's even it's it's various artists i suppose isn't it well, there's only what Bon Jovi and one other bloke, pretty well, much. Yeah, that pretty much is. <laughs> and Anthony Daniels. We'll work that out. That's... We'll work that out at some point. I've just put Christmas in the Stars, Star Wars. Everyone knows what that is. Uh, I'm pulling another album out, Renfrey. Yeah, go on. Oh, no. Well, it had to happen one day. And having just done my world, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see the uh, World Cup of uh, Bad Live Singers was won by Vince Neil. Oh, no. So we have got. Motley Crue's Generation Swine to talk about next week. Our favourite band, Renfrey. Our favourite ever band, yeah. Motley Crue. Um, Generation Swine by Motley Crue. You ever listened to any of that before? Clearly not. Never Surely listen, not. Never ever listened to it. No, no. This was released. I've like heard two nineties. Nineties. Yeah. yeah, I've heard two songs from it, and both of them are astonishingly bad. Great. So, Can't wait. Um, 
but oh, that might have been Doctor Feelgood. They're all exactly the fucking same, <laughs> they? which is their best album. Um, by all accounts, I don't know what the best Motley Crue album. It is Doctor Feelgood, isn't it? I mean, I, I tell you what, even I hear bits off Doctor Feelgood and go, the production's good and it's catchy enough. I'm not but, even. I'm not even going to dignify it with a response. I think. <laughs> well, look, hey, if you like to hear us slagging off Motley Crue, and who doesn't, then uh, <laughs> tune in next week because that's a favourite pastime of ours, anyway. Really, isn't it? Slagging off Motley Crue, absolutely, absolutely terrible, terrible yeah. human beings. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, may the force be with you, and a merry Christmas forever, or whatever C three PO says at the end. Um, and um, remember he's in Thor Ragnarok you've probably seen him <laughs> on that uh, if you're wondering who he is anyway see you later Idris Elba you know Idris Elba don't you yeah 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 alright see you later <laughs>